This is IG's uh, Trading the Markets. Uh, with me is Chris Versace, CIO of Tomatica. It's been such an amazing uh, last few weeks. Uh, we're seeing all these data points out of the US being hot, 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 and they seem to be so resilient. It's not just jobs, ISM, manufacturing as well. Uh, does this tell you that perhaps you know, the Fed uh, would be doing the wrong thing if they cut rates as soon as spring? Yeah, I have. To, I absolutely agree with that. You know, um, coming into a lot of the data that we got last week, the Atlanta Fed GDP Now model, which is a rolling forecast of GDP, it had the economy growing at 4.2% for the current quarter. Now, what happened since then? We got the hotter than expected um, January employment report, far more jobs being created than expected, wages accelerating in terms of average hourly earnings on a year-over-year basis. And then as you pointed out, Angeline, we saw the January services PMI simply take off, also showing uh, a rebound in the prices component. And when you put all that together, it says two things. One, that 4.2% forecast by the Atlanta Fed is going higher. The economy is very strong, but it also says that inflation pressures are persistent. In other words, when you put them together, the Fed doesn't have to do anything. And I suspect when the Atlanta Fed updates its forecast later today, the market is going to have to sit back and go, hmm, wow, it really is stronger than we were thinking. And the Fed is going to take its sweet time before it uh, starts cutting rates. Now, if it doesn't cut in the spring, when then do you think the Fed might cut? Do you think it might push it back to maybe the fourth quarter? It's certainly possible. Uh, You know, a lot of this is going to be data dependent. We're going to get a lot more data uh, before the Fed's May meeting. Remember last week, Fed Fed Chair Powell pretty much said a rate cut in March is off the table. And certainly the data that we just got really confirms to that. But we have to think about the timing too. Remember, we have a presidential election. That'll be, you know, October, November timeframe for the Fed is going to be kind of in a, in a box where it can't do anything. They do have a September meeting, but that could be a little too close. So if they don't make that first cut by June, July, I think the odds are pretty high. They're going to hold off and we won't see a cut till November, December. Now, at the same time, Chris, we're seeing warning signals coming out of China. And this is anticipation that Beijing is going to unleash some real big market measures to try and uh, you know lift its economy. Do you think this is like pouring oil onto a flame in terms of inflation? It certainly could be. Look, we, we know that China is looking to stimulate its economy to the extent that it is successful, right? That would mean um, you know way more economic growth than people had been forecasting. But remember, Angeline, this is what, the third, the fourth time since um, the pandemic opening that China has tried to stimulate its economy. My my sense is that they're going to have to bring a really big bazooka this time around to really lift the economy. But if they're successful, I think you're right. Uh, Global global growth will accelerate. That will mean demands for goods and services will accelerate. Uh, Pricing will probably pick up, especially if we don't see any resolution to what's going on in the Red Sea. The other thing to watch out for would be China is the largest importer of oil. If that economy heats up, they will be importing more oil. That means that oil prices will move higher and we'll have to watch what OPEC plus decides about further production cuts. And finally, of course, you know, chips uh, is synonymous with uh, consumption in China as well when it comes to the NVIDIAs and all that as well. We've got some bullish um, comments out of TSMC on AI demand. Uh, Also, not forgetting that uh, we are anticipating this 
huge uh, spend, the reshoring of the U.S. semiconductor industry in the mix as well. Uh, what does this all mean for chip stocks if uh, we've got clients watching this and they trade chip stocks? Well, I would say for the clients that are um, trading chip stocks, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, AMD, and the like, you really want to pay attention to two data points that came out this week. The first was from Apple uh, manufacturing partner Foxconn. They had a nice sequential increase in their January revenue. Typically, we tend to see a seasonal decline from the fourth quarter into the first quarter, um, whether it's lower smartphone volumes, PC volumes, what have you. But what we saw, again, was that upturn. That's one indicator that tells us that the seasonal slump may not be unfolding, or at least it may not be as extreme as we've seen in the past. But the second data point is from Taiwan Semiconductor, and their January revenue report also rose sequentially. Another data point that says those markets are stronger than people were thinking. And when we think about Taiwan Semiconductor's revenue stream, the two biggest end markets for them, depending on the quarter, are high-performance computing, which is data center and AI, and smartphone. So whether you're looking at, again, AMD, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, Marvell, those data points are extremely bullish for the start of the year. Thanks very much, Chris Versace. They're talking chips and also why he doesn't think uh, the Fed needs to cut in spring. Thank you very much for watching. This is uh, IGTV Trading the Markets. I'm Angeline Ong and this is IGTV.